there is there is an old fashioned way of thinking, which is, oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to engage with any business or person who wasn't 100 percent vegan because I disagree with their morals. Problem is, you're not going to affect big change that way because you're not in the game. You're not in the game. You're not communicating with those people. So we're in the game. You know, we're in we're, we're building great content, pumping it out Facebook to everybody. And only if they look deeper, 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 will they find out that we're a vegan channel. But we are going to be helping them eat more and more plant-based meals. Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saver. Hi, my name is Jerry Saver and you're listening to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. This is the podcast where I talk to people who are showing us how we can make our future more sustainable by breaking away from our dependence on animal-based products. So every week I sit down with founders, business owners, investors, inventors, content creators, and other inspiring and often disruptive individuals across the whole plant-based industry so you can hear their stories and the lessons they have to share. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a very good chance that you're using at least one social media channel. And if that channel happens to be Facebook, then I'm sure you've come across those one minute food preparation videos where you basically you get to see the entire recipe happening before your eyes from start to completed dish. And if you're also vegan or if you happen to have any vegan Facebook friends, then it's a good chance that you've seen some of the videos that my guests today are creating. I'm talking to Ian Thiesby and Henry Firth, who created a Facebook page called Bosch, with an exclamation mark at the end, just about six months ago. And today, so we're recording this end of January 2017. Today, they're sitting just below 700,000 fans, which means by the time this episode actually comes out, they might be past that number already. So I'm really excited for this chance to find out how they're achieving this and about all the things that brought them here. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks very much for having us on. Yeah, yeah. it's great to be here. And yeah, we may hit 700,000 while we speak. So let's do so. That's yeah. great news. Awesome. Let me know if you have the Facebook page open. Let me know when exactly you know that what? happens. I'll have it here ticking away. <laughs> Keep an eye on it. Cool. But yeah, it's, it's really nice to have you both here and Thanks for taking the time because I imagine that things can be, well, ridiculously busy when your page is growing at that rate. I, I, I don't know about busy. No. Ian, do you feel busy? Uh, we're, we're, we're pretty busy, but I like the busyness. Better busy than bored. That's what I always say. But also, we're, we're on a mission and uh, it doesn't feel like hard work when you are actually doing it because you care. We've just hit 700,000. Oh, likes. actually, yeah, we've just hit 700,000. <laughs> there we go. Called hey. it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But... Look, before before I start asking you how you actually got to that number, I want to ask you what you did before you launched Bosch. So, like, where were you five or 10 or even 20 years ago? Sure. Okay, shall I start? Yeah, go, crack on. Um, yeah, so this is Henry. I, I've i been in digital, really, for ever since I was a coder at age 15, I've been in digital. So um, I was writing websites uh, doing QBasic code even back at the age of wow. 14, 15. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, so, so writing lots and lots of code and really my first job was as a software engineer at a music website, but also as a DJ. So my, that was about 2002. So really begun at the beginning of digital. 
when you know we had facebook didn't even exist then google had started to become popular but it definitely wasn't the only search engine people were using things like alta vista and all mm-hmm. the web stuff like that mm-hmm. and i've been doing websites for startups then apps mobile sites really for the last 13 years or so my um and making taking quite an interesting evolving path through different companies and as you may have seen three years ago i launched a startup which was uh messaging a mobile messaging startup called ping tune mm-hmm. uh, i worked on that with ian so we we built this together and after finishing that we sold that and we moved on and we knew um yeah i mean i may be jumping ahead of your question a little bit but we knew that we had a mission that was to move into plant-based well actually if you don't mind an extra question about your your activities because i also saw that you were involved with this um business called mobius which seemed pretty interesting to me because it was about building like an accessible all-terrain vehicle for for the African market. Mobius is super awesome. I love to talk about Mobius. Um, Yeah, Mobius, for those who don't know, Mobius Motors is a car built in Africa for Africa that is affordable. One of the main problems with transportation in Africa is you've got really poor roads and vehicles that either can't handle the roads or they're too expensive because they're imported. So, you know, you've got maybe a imported four by four is gonna be pretty expensive, $20,000, $30,000 because it's being shipped all the way to Africa. So this young entrepreneur and a good personal friend of mine called Joel Jackson decided he was gonna fix that by building not just a car, but an entire manufacturing operation and an entire supply chain inside Africa with African parts and African labor. And he spent the last six years doing it. And I was a seed investor in that company about five or six years ago. So I helped him raise his first money and and build his first prototype car, which was really cool. And now they're going from strength to strength. They've sold, they're starting to sell a load of units. They've got production facilities. They've got uh, show car showrooms and hopefully we're going to help change the way Africa works by improving transport. Very exciting. Yeah, I, I checked them out and it, it seemed like a really cool project to me as well. So I just wanted a bit more background from you on, on that. It's super cool. Yeah, yeah. but I, I should stress I'm involved as an investor and I meet Joel every three months over dinner and we talk about founder pains. That's the level of my involvement. <laughs> cool. And what about you, Ian? Where... Did you start writing code when you were 14 as well, or what was your life like? The journey to where we are today is quite different, but still, we ended up in the same place, which is interesting. I finished um, school and went to college, and at the end of college, having studied travel and tourism, because I was really into travel when I was a lot younger, and still am to a point, um, I left there and went to be a nursery nurse, so I was working with young children between the ages of six months and four years and at the time when I was 18 years old I uh, was one of 16 qualified male nursery nurses in the whole country and um, yeah did that for about two years and after two years of looking after other people's children and working with largely middle-aged women I was kind of at the end of my tether and um, decided to um, do something that was slightly more well suited to my age range I went and started working at a men's fashion store in my hometown of Sheffield 
and um, yeah, just started on the shop floor there and then worked my way up through to become a um, buyer and area manager for the store. So I was like managing a couple of stores in um, uh, one in Nottingham and one in Sheffield. So that's that was very, very good. I was there for a fair few years. And then my girlfriend at the time and I, we I left there and we moved to London. And the job that I got there was also in the fashion industry. I was the um, wholesale manager of a British menswear brand for a while and then left there and that's when um, Henry and I started working together on, as he says, Pingtune, which is the world's first music messaging app. That went really well, picked up an awful lot of skills um, in digital and marketing. And when once that finished, I went um, and did a bit of freelance stuff for lots of design and lots of social media marketing for a couple of smaller companies. And after that happened, we um, we found ourselves at a place where we were both vegan and both wanting to do something for the movement. And that's where Bosch was born. And uh, the rest, um, yeah, we'll tell you about now. I suppose. So uh, you, you've obviously known each other for for a while before starting Pinktune, right? Oh, yeah, yeah we went to school right. together. Yeah, yeah okay. we'll, like 11. We probably should have started there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a pretty tight knit group of friends who all went to the same school. Yep. And um, actually, a couple of them, we all worked together on our last company. Thinking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was a fair few of us. It's, um, yeah, it's good. It's good. Strong, like long friendships give you a good sort of stable foundation for building things. And they and the friendship that we are lucky enough to have around us sort of always give us encouragement to go and try our own thing, which is you can't buy that kind of stuff. It's amazing. Did, did any other of uh, your friends go vegan as well? Or did, did you guys go vegan for kind of the same reasons or was that separate journeys too? I, we've definitely sparked a little bit of a um, gastro revolution in our immediate friendship group. And there is a... A few of the guys have gone vegan, and if they aren't vegan, they've definitely changed the way they eat by reducing the amount of meat or improving the quality and of the meat they're eating. The reason, um, to answer your question on, on why, the reason was, the reason for going vegan for me was I wanted to fix climate change. It's a, quite a lofty ambition, but after after running my last business and realizing how engaging it was to be an entrepreneur and to build a business and run it and yet how difficult it was i realized i wanted to do it again but i realized i needed to do it again in an area that i really cared about and in a way that was genuinely improving the way the world works i wanted to use business to to make the world better it's probably something lots and lots of people say. It's almost a little bit glib to say that now, but it's true. You know, I wanted to be waking up every day with a purpose that I would believed I was building something bigger than me. And so I spent a lot of time after Pingshin researching green energy, green motorbikes. You know, I love to drive around motorbikes. I thought maybe I could build electric motorbikes. That would be super cool. And it would be really, really cool. It would be cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Like yeah. And there, there are already some out there that look really, really awesome. Um, but yeah, so green vehicles, electric charging stations, I looked into all these things, but realized, you know, lots and lots of money was required. That industry was already pretty advanced and you need some real, real solid expertise. So it was probably quite a big, big ask. And then around that time, Ian had already been, uh, moving down the path towards being vegan. And, uh, we watched Cowspiracy together. And I, I have a I have a big screen projector in my flat, um, so we're, we're talking about 
10 feet picture, 10 foot wide picture. And I remember just being sat there watching this kind of revelatory film. And at the end of it, just my jaw hanging down. And I remember thinking and saying to Ian, I was really annoyed actually. And I remember saying to Ian, I just have to do it, don't I? I can't, I can't be a coherent human being saying I want to do stuff about environment and eating the very main cause of environmental damage. So um, that day I went immediate cold turkey vegan from a high meat diet um, and felt amazing. And then realized, you know, there's health benefits and started to think about all the other aspects of, of uh, vegan diet as well. Mm-hmm. And so was that you as well, Ian? Or were you already moving down towards the path? Yeah, I, my veganism, I kind of like tripped and fell into it, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, I was uh, basically at the end of 2014, I was um, kind of, I wanted to test myself and give myself three months off alcohol. And one month into my absence from alcohol, I, um, I found it really, really easy. So I was like, I'm going to up the ante and uh, ended up um, deciding to give up meat for the month of February. Now, two weeks into that month, I was finding it pretty difficult because I'd been used to like meat diet from the age of having teeth. And um, yeah, I, um, the, I kind of just was finding it difficult. So I started doing a bit of research into vegetarianism to see if there was any sort of marked benefits and to see the, give me a reason to carry on um, with this abstinence. And the more you kind of start learning about vegetarianism, the more... Uh, and veganism, the more it kind of makes an awful lot of sense. And the further you get down the rabbit hole, um, like the harder it is to come out. And eventually you find the, the cowspiracies and the earthlings and the forks over knives. And once you've watched those three, you've kind of conditioned yourself into a way of thinking that is you can't come back from that. And yeah. um, from that day forward, from, from the 1st of March of 2015, I, I, I was, yeah, a vegan and haven't gone back and will never go back and can safely say it's one of the best things I've ever done. And, and I think a lot of the people who don't go down that journey, you know, the people who are close to us who may have watched us but not been affected in the same way, they're actively choosing to not go down that path because they don't like what it might entail. So, you know, purposefully not watching Cowspiracy or Earthlings, purposefully not reading the kind of articles that are out there um, because because they choose not to but it's weird once you start to do it you just unlearn all of the stuff we were taught when we were young which is that eating animals is perfectly normal and you start to realize actually it's a bit weird yeah. it isn't just 100 percent natural for us to eat animals yeah. and it isn't essential and once you realize those two things and you realize it's destroying the planet i mean yeah. <laughs> it's kind of you're, you're not left with much choice other than to choose to continue destroying the planet because you prefer the taste of burgers to the taste of soybeans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right. Because, I mean, I, I think at some point in, in our history, it was the logical step to take because you're always going to go for the food source that you can get with the least amount of invested energy. But yeah, at and, all also, yeah and winter as well. I mean, like, say, back way back in the day, um, when you couldn't harvest the crops because it's very, very cold and the, and the ground's hardened. If you see an animal, you think, right, that's that's my survival for the next exactly. few months. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But now we live in a different world and the animals that we are consuming or some people are still consuming, is just, it's just wrong <laughs> fundamentally. Like It's just not the way we're, we're built to operate. Yeah. But, but also, if you like, think about why why this may or may not have started. Like, 
at some point somebody saw a cow and thought, you know what, I might just squeeze those boobies. And what comes can out can you it. imagine the first yeah. person actually thinking and, and doing the that? I did yeah. it. So I had this conversation with a good friend of ours who studied biology, and he said, you know, the first person who did that probably died um, because he won't have been able to digest the milk. Um, and then the person after who did it probably died. But at some point there was someone who was tolerant enough with lactose that they were okay. Yeah. And to that person, it was a massive evolutionary advantage because they had access to this amazing source of fat and sugar all the way throughout winter. And so it was it was a benefit to that person. And then all of a sudden we all started to, to develop a bit more lactose tolerance because it was an evolutionary advantageous. But it doesn't mean it's good for you. Right. We've just kind of developed it to not kill us. Yeah. And uh, and then if you think about like back then also, so at someone at some point, they say that cooking may have come about by um, at some point someone set a forest on fire and they went running around and then they found loads of burnt animals. And all of a sudden they discovered cooking because all of a sudden this thing that you probably wouldn't want to eat raw once it had been charred by a burning tree, it was actually pretty decent to eat. Yeah, exactly. Access to a great source of food um, all the way through winter if you just know how to play with fire. So definitely at that point, it made sense for us to eat meat. But now we're at a place where we don't have to and we need to make an honest choice about what we're doing for the world, what we're doing to the world. Yeah. Right, yeah. And was that like the whole environment thing and the mission that you were talking about, what, what was the main idea behind starting Bosch? Or actually, before we get into that, what exactly does Bosch stand for? Is that some English term that I'm not getting or what, what is it? The word Bosch is, is kind of well associated now, especially in, in the UK uh, with cooking. It's sort of like it's bish, bash, Bosch. It's sort of got it done. I think um, it, it's... Yeah, so we kind of thought it it's it feels like food, and we that's why we picked it. Well, it it, it kind of means rubbish, actually. If you if you type Bosch into uh, like Google, you'll probably find out it means that's a load of Bosch means that's a load of rubbish. But at some point in the last five years, maybe made popular by people like Jamie Oliver and Joe Wicks in their cooking programs, going, "Oh, I might just Bosch a bit of that in there." It became it became a meaning for just oh yeah, just get it done, just get it done, and I think. It just, that's the kind of cooking we like to do. It's quick, it's easy, it's simple, it's down to earth, it's for everyone, it's not pretentious, but it's really, really cool. So for us, it's simple, quick cooking. Cool, yeah, thanks Thanks for putting that out there for anyone like me or for anyone on, on this side of the Atlantic who, who might not be catching that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's just a cool word, so. it is yeah. a cool word. <laughs> so, so what was the idea behind Bosch? So, I mean, so Bosch, I'll give you a brief backstory. I my first plan when I decided to move into plant-based business was that I wanted to build a vegan ready meal company. So plant-based ready meals, mm -hmm. frozen food delivered throughout the UK and eventually moving worldwide. And I spent a lot of time looking at that, probably about six months. And I realized it would be really, really, really hard. So <laughs> essentially we'd be building a kitchen, we'd be shipping food left, right and center didn't feel very scalable. Um, you'd be dealing with, you know, production units and distribution problems and logistics and the like. And given on my entire background is in digital, I thought, you know what, maybe I'm not best placed to do this. Why don't I build an audience first? 
that I've just seen BuzzFeed's Tasty, which had kicked off on Facebook and was really, really growing. Why don't I build an audience first and create the biggest video, Facebook video page for sharing recipes on Facebook? And then we can work out how to turn it into a business. We can work out what to sell by working with our fans and, and deciding the most useful things to distribute to them. Um, so really the mission was plant part one, build this audience and part two. So this audience is going to be providing loads. This, this channel will be providing loads of awesome information to people on how to cook, why to cook plant-based, but do importantly doing so without too much emphasis on the V word. You know, we don't want to go on about vegan, 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 because we don't want to put people off. We want to be inclusive. We want people who aren't vegetarian or vegan to come and cook our recipes. Mm -hmm. So provide plant-based information and show people how easy it is to eat really, really tasty, fun food that's plant-based. And then second, move into producing food and distributing food and actually help them to eat that way, which is stage two of our mission. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you obviously, Henry, you, you bring in the digital, the programming experience. And Ian, you said you were working with social media before you, yeah. you guys started yeah. that, right? I mean, before uh, the Bosch, um, before we started Bosch, um, my, I had actually moved back to Sheffield because I think like, I, I find when I speak to fellow vegans, it seems that the, um, the, the lifestyle really sort of like wraps you up you get really obsessed by it but in a really good way because you're super passionate about it and you know that it's good it's hard so my plan was to I, I i wanted to just basically go back to my hometown of sheffield and and set up a restaurant a vegan restaurant there uh, so i actually moved back to sheffield from london to go and pursue this kind of dream that i had and um yeah like written the business plan was just about to start going to find locations and then henry called me and was like listen I've had this idea to do um, like to basically do a digital business, but in the plant-based space, well, how about you come back down to London and sort of thrash it out with me because we've worked well before and you're a creative guy and we can make it work. And I was like, you know what? This is a pretty good idea. I mean, and if it didn't I work out, to, I had to work on convincing him though. He said no the first time. Yeah, just, <laughs> I was like, no. But after a little bit of time, I, I was like, yeah, actually this is, um, this is a good idea. And you know, and if it doesn't go well, then, I can always just put these plans to open a restaurant on hold. So I came back down to London and we started um, we started this journey. And what I bring to the table is the creativity of this uh, of it, I suppose. Like Henry's definitely better with the digital aspect because that's what he's been doing since he was 14. But when it comes to the creative thing, I, that's kind of my forte. So yeah, I'm the creative director of this kind of thing. Awesome. So yeah. I was well. I was just about to say. Um, well, first of all, I think I'm quite creative too, yeah. for the record. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. But but yeah, like so. Like what happened was we we just decided then to build it together, yeah. and we we spent about. Well, we'll go more into the detail later of how we built it, but we spent about eight weeks just working out what the hell we were doing, yeah. um, but pretty quickly saw that people really, really loved our approach, which was no nonsense, fun food without any of the preachiness of traditional free, like vegan channels, because yeah. it made non-vegans or borderline vegans more likely to share our stuff. Exactly. I think that's and, partly yeah. some of the secret to our success. And, yeah. and I think that's probably the, the main thing that you want to focus now, like whatever kind of vegan plant-based business you're, you're doing is you want to focus on the people who don't even identify themselves as vegan or as plant-based or 
maybe they don't even have plans to go down that route but yeah. we just, we just need to make it more accessible and more familiar to them 100 percent. and it, it you make it accessible by offering alternatives really good quality tasty alternatives because this is about food at the end of the day and uh, the food that we're making um i've got people who who've messaged me saying i've liked this page for two months and um i've only just realized that everything you do is plant-based yeah like, exactly yeah. I, I saw those on on your page and you know the, the funny thing is when i look at it and it shows you which of my friends like it none of the friends that i've seen so far <laughs> that, that like it are vegan yeah, which yeah. is great. It's a testament to what we're doing, I think, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's awesome because, like, you, there is there is an old-fashioned way of thinking, which is, oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to engage with any business or person who wasn't 100% vegan because I disagree with their morals. Problem is, you're not going to affect big change that way because you're not in the game. You're not in the game. You're not communicating with those people. So we're in the game, you know. We're, in, we're, we're building great content, pumping it out on Facebook to everybody, and only if they look deeper, deeper, deeper will they find out that we're a vegan channel. But we are going to be have, helping them eat more and more plant-based meals. And, and it's just working because it means exactly as you said, we've got a huge audience, which includes flexitarians, vegetarians, pescatarians, vegans. Yeah, the, the vegetarian curious. People who love watermelon, Jaeger bombs, um, <laughs> but, but, which was one of our biggest videos, by the way. But that's I, I, a whole I saw that, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. You, you had quite a series of, of Jägermeister-inspired videos around Christmas yeah. and New Year, right? Yeah, probably around yeah, 60 million yeah. views. Uh, on, yeah, on. we put out all of our biggest drinks videos over the course of Christmas because it seemed like a good... People are having parties at New Year and stuff. So, yeah, it, it was good to sort of um, get them back out there. Yeah, I think yeah, our ethos really, and um, we were actually just working on a, a talk based around this, is it's plant-based food for everyone mm -hmm. and why it's important to be inclusive in the way that you talk about plant-based food and be bringing people on that journey with you in a way that makes them feel like, oh, that's something I wouldn't mind trying and it's okay for me to try it for one meal. We, you know, we get people coming up to us really proud because they had a plant-based breakfast, and and like that's that's okay, that's good, that's a, that's the way it should be. Yeah, it shouldn't feel like it's a club that you're either in or you're out of. So yeah, a plant-based for everyone is the approach that we're really trying to push with yeah. Bosch. Yeah. Okay, but now if we just go back to the start, um, I'd really like to hear about the first days that you were coming out, like where did you shoot your first videos? How, how did oh, you plan it out? And what, what happened when you put it out there? There is actually a really good story in it because of the, the watermelon Jaeger bomb. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, do you want to start? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, to be honest with you, like we uh, both creative guys, but we'd never made videos before. Um, so we can... actually, that's not quite true. I was a video producer for two years, but, but... making, yeah, but making food videos, like, <laughs> definitely probably. never done food videos yeah. before. Yeah. Like we had never done it before. So it, we were all a bit, we were both a bit like, how on earth are we going to do this? This is mental. Um, so we basically, um, found people who could help us make it happen from the off, from the get go. And, uh, we sort of put a lot of we did a lot of recipe planning and we did a lot of um like hard work diligence beforehand to um to, to sort of come up with a, a menu of recipes that we thought might resonate with people to kick this channel off and um we we, we hired the studio equipment and we brought it to our flat and um yeah and, and we set the thing up and, and we, we penciled in three days to make it happen 
And uh, we took up all of those three days. Like there was basically every hour God sent for that weekend we were working. Yeah, but, yeah. It was it was it was an interesting way to kick it off. But, to to paint the picture yeah. of um of the first shoot, right now we shoot every day. Yeah. So there are at least one or two videos filmed and edited every single day, and it's a slick operation and it just moves and it's in a permanent studio. But the first shoot we did, we didn't have that permanent studio available. And we decided to do 20 videos in three days. That's pretty ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Very, very ambitious. Because that's, I mean, what is that? That was seven and seven and six. So we're talking serious, serious days. And now that we know what we're doing, doing a video in two or three hours is achievable. Yeah. But I mean, seven times two or three hours is still a hell of a long day. Yeah. But the reality is some of those videos took more like five hours because we didn't know what we were doing. So we did those three days. The first day was a 21 hour day. The second day was a 17 hour day. And the third day was a 25 hour day. No, 23. 23 hours. Okay. So like you're talking about two hours sleep on the first, three hours sleep on the first night. Five hours sleep on the second night, oh, maybe, man. and yeah, no we, sleep on the third night. Like basically night. hallucinating by then. It was, <laughs> it was insane. Also, we'd hired way too much equipment. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> like, uh, it was like it was like a full studio's worth yeah. of equipment in our like front room. Yeah, in, in the apartment yeah. here, which is pretty small, and we had five guys who <laughs> didn't know what they were doing, like including us who didn't know what we were doing, surrounded by these incredibly hot lights that are chucking out yeah, a load it, And of it was heat. the middle of summer, so it was, <laughs> it, was, it was like working in a sauna for three days straight. It was yeah, crazy. That's right, it was mid-June last year. So so you can see how quickly we've grown. Mid-June last year is when we were doing this. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, but but so, so we did that. We filmed, we got 19 done. And I was like the guy trying to speed everybody along and make sure we got there on time. We had 19 done. And everyone just wanted to go home. Yeah, and and right. there was 19 done from cooking to post-production and having that video ready to, to upload. Uh, they, no, no, it, about, it wasn't the post-production. Yeah, we, they, were, they were filmed yeah. and a couple of them were edited, but mainly they were just filmed. Yeah, but filling up hard drives. Filling up hard drives, yeah. exactly. And then, but I was adamant we needed to get the last one done, number 20. So I said to the entire team who does want it to go home, look, guys, we'll make it quick. The last one... We'll just do something quick. We'll do a cocktail. So we decided we'd do a cocktail. Yeah. So while they were finishing off number 19, I was looking around to see what food we had left. And I found a watermelon and I thought was thinking, what, you know, what cocktails could we do? And at some point I was sat outside and I just thought to myself, oh my God, we could put a Jaeger bomb inside a watermelon with a small melon as the shot glass. And we've made a giant Jaeger bomb. That's amazing. And uh, <laughs> I came yeah. back in, told Ian about it, and like, he was yes. like, well, at the beginning he was like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Red Bull, you wouldn't think Red Bull would be vegan, right? It's it's a pretty nasty drink. Um, but lo and behold, I took my motorbike out, I managed to find a better looking watermelon and some more ingredients to put in there. Came back, we filmed the watermelon Jaeger bomb. We drank some of it as we were going because we were so exhausted. And that ended up being our biggest video ever. It was, you know, 20 million views overall. It had a million views within 
half an hour. It, it was yeah, it was pretty mental. Like the level of virality that video got, it was astonishing. In fact, it was, it was fun to watch. So then um, that was. But, but, but I was just going to say one yeah. more thing, if you can. On the watermelon Jaeger bomb, you know that twenty million views video took us from about seven or eight thousand likes to sixty thousand likes in the case course of a couple of days so it really is those big ones can really help you fly yeah, how, really how did you actually the first thing i wanted to ask was how long did it take you to get to 1000 likes like from when you launched your page to when you hit those first quadruple digits and then uh, going onwards we no we were we we were lucky enough to uh, before we like we went into it like we had a good structured plan beforehand so we'd like lined up um, a good amount of people who are influenced is in the social media space to share our content so we sort of saw an up so to make sure that we saw an uplift from the get-go because we could have made these videos and just put them on Facebook and got a few likes to the page and got a few likes on the videos and that's where it would have ended it needed to we needed to really sort of like massage the virality from the off so um, we when we released our first video, which was the sushi cake, um, we'd we'd, sh we'd line up people to share the video. So we were lucky enough to um, to light that fire straight away, and I think we were within a thousand likes in the first day. Yeah, 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 probably because that's it, that video, that video grew pretty quick. Too. Yeah, it did. I mean, like it's video. on three million likes now. So even even to this day, it still remains one of our big, biggest. But um, yeah, we put in a lot. In the, we put in a lot of legwork before yeah. um, launching. And also, I just think we we are pretty creative, and we got a few viral bangers out there in the first batch. In fact, some of the like, I think at least two or three of the ones we did in that first shoot are still our biggest videos. Yeah, they, yeah, they did well right now. So so good content, but also some legwork to yeah. find people online yeah. to help with distribution. And I suppose we were it kind of proved the fact that we were basically the first movers in the space. It was sort of, we were giving people content that they were hungry for, but didn't really know they were hungry for. And um, yeah, it was it, it was good. It was really good to see. It's been a fantastic journey so far. Yeah, and what, what you're getting from this is like something insane between 2,000 and 4,000 likes per, per day, if you just look at your growth. Oh, oh yeah, like um, easily, yeah, I mean, yeah, I should say every week we're probably hitting between ten and twenty-five thousand new likes to the page every week. Yeah, we we pretty consistently grow by about a hundred thousand a month. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah, so, but we put out a lot of content, yeah. and you know that's there's a lot of hard work goes into that. Mm -hmm. I, I know. So what's what are the important things you mentioned? Reaching out to influencers, obviously creating content nonstop and making sure it's good and that you're consistently putting it out. What are the most important things when you're building, when when you have a hugely popular Facebook page like like yours? Um, what are the most with regard to what? With regards to just getting that growth and virality going. I think um, I think the quality of the content just has to be great because the thing is, you have to think about it. Um, I always think about I look at the video that I'm making and think first and foremost, would I eat this? And if the answer is yes then the likelihood that other people in the world are going to want to eat this too and because um and then like you look at the quality of the video once you've made it and thought is this a really good quality video does this look nice and if that answer is yes as well then you've basically got two of the ingredients and then the last thing is um like is it is it big enough is it 
it, like, does it have that special source that will make people actively want to go and share it with their friends and and and, and show it to them? And, um, and there are different kinds of secret sources. Yeah. It might be, it might be intrigue. Might be the hook. Like, yeah. what the hell is a chili, silly chili potato? Yeah. Like, you read the title, you're like, I need to see this video. Mm-hmm. Or the secret source might be it's so shareable. Yeah. For example, we can cook this at a dinner party. It's a Jaeger bomb, or it's like mm-hmm. the mezze cake that we just cooked. Yeah. Or it might be the reason you might tag your partner is, it's a pasta dish that you cook in one pot and it's done in 10 minutes. That's amazing, let's do this tonight. So it's making great content that looks achievable, but you've got a reason to engage with it, which may be intrigue, it may be making plans, it may be sociability, but it's gotta have that hook. And we always look for that hook. And what about influencers? Like how how did you go about building that? Who, Who did you reach out to when you were starting it? We just, I mean, we're lucky enough to be in London. There's lots of people making great video content in London. Um, and as you know, Ian and I were both big in the digital scene yeah. in our previous company as well. So we, we've got people that we know, we worked with before, um, who are lucky enough to give us some shares early on and help to spark off our page growth. Yeah. And it's really continued since there. And also, I suppose, and also the vegan community is is a great. It's just that it's a community of people. It, like the vision for the growth of veganism has has got real meaning behind it and therefore everyone has an agenda to push it forward so uh, there's, there's there's definitely a sense of collaboration that you won't see in other businesses because usually it's like um everyone's fighting amongst each other to get that sale in but really with veganism we all want the same thing and that's more people to go vegan so therefore it becomes it's like there's people who genuinely want to help you push your content out there because they know it will only aid the growth. So that, that's, that's so thing. true. Yeah, that, that's a that's a huge huge driver actually because it where it may be just individual activists who are promoting us or it might be aficionados, but also we get a lot of a lot of support from animal charities or yeah, from, from big vegan organisations who share our content because exactly as Ian said. There's no, there's no competitors in the vegan, or at least we don't see that there are any competitors in the vegan space. We don't see anyone as our competitor. All the other people who are doing the same stuff as us, you know, we love them. Yeah. Um, because the way we look at it is we're all fighting a battle, which is to try and promote plant-based food and help reduce the amount of bad food that's being eaten that's damaging people, the environment, and the animals. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, e- even if you're in the exact same industry and offering the exact same product, you still have that bigger cause that you're both working towards. So, yeah. Exactly. It's all a big loving. (laughs) Speaking of big, how how big is your team at the moment? You said at the beginning you had five guys, one small apartment and heaps of rented equipment. What what does it look like now? We we, we got the, um, those five people that we had in, they were all, either friends or, or people on contractual basis so we just like hired them in now the team is still well there's me uh, one of our um yeah our, our our assistant or our first hire cat who's absolutely fantastic at what she does uh, and then henry so there's three of us yeah we're um, we're doing this with three people you, but we have just, th- wait yeah, three three, three people <laughs> yeah uh, just three of us, um, and and you know I've got other stuff I'm working on as well. Yeah. But there are there are more people joining us pretty soon. Actually, we just made um, yeah we we've got a couple more roles on the roadmap that we're filling pretty soon. Yeah. So, but we're we're very keen to have 
more great people come work with us. So um, anyone can get in touch if they're interested. Yeah. Well, definitely, we're going to put all your contact details in, in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to, to Bosch and um, see how they can contribute and, and work with you guys, absolutely. That's great. So what, what are the roles right now? Like who, who's doing the filming, who's doing the cooking, who's doing the editing and who, who eats all the food at, at the end? <laughs> Good question. Uh, so I'm, I'm on, I guess like you could say I'm more on the business side. Yeah. So, um, looking to thinking strategically, trying to drive us forward, trying to bring in some business, um, thinking about hires, who we're hiring, where our kitchen is moving, etc. Um, but also trying to do as much cooking as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, I do a majority of the cooking um, and then I film the stuff. Oh, and then Kat obviously is fantastic that she did film at university, so she's great. So she helps a little bit with the with the filming as well. And then with regards to the editing of the videos, I do quite a fair bit of the editing, but Kat obviously does that as well. And then we also have started doing article videos, which don't just um, revolve around recipes. Um, and Kat does most of that. So, so yeah. So, th- so three of us. Yeah. Three of us doing all of the video content, all of the business stuff, all of the day-to-day operations, yeah. everything. But as I say, we're hiring. So now just speaking of this as a business, I, I hope you don't mind if I ask about revenue i mean we, we don't need to talk actual numbers but are, are you monetizing this already or is it phase one and you're just building your your base up until now this has been a complete passion project so it's it's been something that we've built together we've bootstrapped it all the way keeping costs as lean as possible and taking very little take, taking very little for ourselves so so there's no there's no monetization at this stage but we are about to enter phase two where we start to build some awesome products that we're really excited about. So what what are some of the products that, that you are coming out with or that you have in, in the works for, for the near future? Uh, okay, well, we have obviously built up this massive audience and it would we've built up a, a name for ourselves in the vegan space, so it would be a real shame for us not to act, well, to use it for good. And uh, one of the best things I think we could do and we are going to do and we've been asked to do by numerous people who have left comments in our message box is a cookbook. It's a logical next step. And I think that um, with the recipe repertoire that we already have and also the recipe repertoire that we haven't yet released online, we could come up with a, uh, a cookbook that will be almost second to none in, in terms of plant based cooked food. We would we would like to launch the biggest vegan cookbook there is. Yeah, we're planning to have it come out within this year. Yeah. So so maybe just in time for Christmas or shortly after Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have people messaging us regularly on the channel Very asking us for a book, and we've got the, we've got the creativity. So so pretty pretty soon you'll see a book from us. So that'll be product number one. Yeah. So uh, really? big question here is when when you're doing your videos, are are you taking pictures of of all the dishes that you're preparing because that's as someone who's published a couple cookbooks in the past that was one thing that got us because at some point we realized you know what we're, we're doing all this food 
and we haven't been taking pictures of it. So then you have to yeah. go back and, and do everything yeah. over yeah, again. We're, we're exactly the same position yeah. as you are. We're, we're, but that's fine. Like, we've, we've got photographs of all the food, but the photographs aren't uh, cookbook level because mm -hmm. I, I, we're, as you can see by the videos that we released, we're, like quality is a real stickler for us. It, yeah. If it's not like as good as it can be, it's not good enough. So what we'll be doing is high, like, we'll be uh, like organizing like a week's worth of shoot days and cooking food and making it look like amazing uh, yeah. and, and getting that cookbook looking as good as it possibly could do. Then we have a second product coming shortly after that, um, which we're, it's still in idea phase at the moment, but we don't mind talking about it. We're working on a cooking course. So it's an online cooking course. Uh -huh. This will be a, it'll be a, a level a level of detail above what we do on Bosch, but the focus is health. So this is very much focused on how you can use a plant-based diet to improve the health of your body, to help reduce your blood glucose, blood insulin, to help fight back against high blood pressure. We want to help you know, somebody who's been told by the doctor that they've got high blood pressure and they're taking pills to deal with that. We want to help them make that transition onto a plant-based diet or onto a 90% plant-based diet and just make it as easy as possible going all the way through how to start from cleansing your kitchen from everything that's got bad things in it through to how do you make plant milks or how do you get, make sure you're getting enough nutrients as a person eating plant-based food. So a high-grade video course will be one of the next products we launch. Yeah, and there's a couple of other ideas in the bag, but we won't go too far into that just yet. Yeah, we're going to be busy. <laughs> awesome. So now, do, do you use um, any ads to, to promote your page or is, is it all viral? Yeah, we haven't no played, had any no advertising at all. Yeah. yeah, it's all um, organic viral. All shares. Yeah. Holy wow. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. That, that, you know, it just puts a whole different spin on, on what you've achieved because, well, growing to 700,000 with ads would, would take you a lot of money but, it would take a lot of money oh, yeah. right <laughs> but growing to seven hundred thousand without ads that that is just it's an incredible accomplishment so uh, i did i didn't know that i didn't know yeah. that about Bosch. yeah no 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 cash yeah. no cash went in there wow. it, we've we've just found a formula that works and we're absolutely loving it and we're incredibly busy you know that facebook rewards you for putting out lots and lots of high quality content that, that's facebook. true Facebook rewards you for working with other people who like the same kind of content that you like and promoting each other's stuff. And Facebook rewards you for just being consistent. So yeah, we're just busy. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But now I see here by my time that we're slowly getting towards the the end. So if we don't mind, we're we're just going to be wrapping this up slowly because I want to talk about some things that's anyone can learn from even if they're doing something completely different to to you guys so first off if you don't mind did you ever ever have those moments when it looked like things just weren't moving like they were supposed to or you know even minor obstacles apart from not sleeping for three solid days right at the beginning <laughs> like maybe food processor breaking down or the lid not being fastened properly because that happened to us once and you know, if, if you're filming a video and then all of a sudden everything explodes over the table, that gives you a whole half an hour of cleaning up and doing everything from, from the start for, for well, the mess. I guess, I guess that stuff's 
not the difficult stuff because it's you know you just get a new toaster or you just you know find a new memory card that stuff can be dealt with but we definitely had a few moments quite early on with just working out the logistics of how we go about filming this amount of content every single week mm -hmm. so at the beginning we were doing timed shoots in uh, intervals so every two weeks we'd do a shoot and then we moved to weekly shoots and we'd be filming as many videos as we could in a short space of time on hired equipment but that was really difficult so we had to find a way to move to daily shoots which involved kitting out a studio not using this hired kit anymore and moving towards um just a consistent setup that we used every day and for a while we struggled with quality we struggled to get the same quality out of the the kitchen that we moved to and we started to wonder oh no have we broken the formula have we have we made things stop working but luckily we've we've now got to a rhythm we've found our feet and we've got some great great content and it's now looking better than ever mm -hmm. but there was a there was a tough time when we were working out the logistics of how to create this amount of content on a daily basis yeah so how, how does your average day look like right now if if you're shooting um i mean i will um okay i'll come into the uh, come into the workspace like pretty uh, early on and i'll get through any emails that have come through i'll be reaching out to um our sharing partners collaboration partners and then usually get into the kitchen in the afternoon uh, after lunch and then just go in there and depending on the size of the dish and the difficulty of the dish, sometimes we can be, we can, we can film a couple in a day. Um, or we can film one if it's a big one or maybe even three if, it's a, if, if they're really quick and easy. And then once those videos are filmed on the Monday, I'll come in on the Tuesday and the, after, the morning is spent editing. And then again, the cycle continues. So it's like um, afternoon filming, morning editing, and then releasing after the first couple of shoots done in the uh, in the afternoon he also yeah. hasn't mentioned shopping for food which oh yeah, goes yeah in there. <laughs> that yeah, was so going to be my next question yeah who who does the shopping for food who eats and who 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 does the dishes yeah uh yeah the shopping's done it's either me or cat who goes to the shop to to grab the stuff we go uh, we purposely do that um we purposely go to the local supermarket which is in central london because we know that if you can get it in a smaller supermarket, then more or less anybody anywhere in the world can buy the ingredients that are needed in order to to, buy, to make the dishes, which means that they're a lot more accessible um, for, for the for everybody. Um, so yeah, it's either meal cat buys the stuff, and then when it comes to eating the stuff, we'll yeah we eat that too. But then we work in a, a shared office space, so we um, we share it all out oh, to, yeah. to them, and they all love it. <laughs> And, and from my perspective, you know, I'm often not in the office because I spend some time working for All Plants, which is an exciting frozen ready meals company. Which, um, yeah, if who's, anyone yeah, who's a regular listener would already be familiar with them. But if yes. if you're not, then definitely go check it out. That was um, episode 14, I believe, was Alex and um, JP from, from All Plants. Yeah. So, so super excited to be working with, with them on All Plants also. So I'm between offices, but me and Ian will be, you know, we'll be having calls. We're pretty much, if, if I'm not there, if I'm not with All Plants, I'm with uh, Bosch. And we're, to, you know, we'll chat content, we'll chat to sharing partners, but also I'll be working on business strategy. What are the products we're launching? Fleshing out those products, 
looking on bringing in new people to the business to help us grow, thinking about strategic partnerships we could be making, should we be raising investment, just lots and lots of business. So what is it that keeps you going when, when you don't feel like going anymore? Like what's your source of, of drive and inspiration to do what you do? Um, I, I, I'm, I remain, uh, well, I remain constantly sort of enthused by the whole um, project because I believe that the, um, the, like the, like for me, it doesn't feel like a job or even a career. It feels like this is now like something I'm going to be doing for an awful long time. And maybe in, in it's going to be working in the plant-based space to push this movement forward. It might not be making videos in, in a, but I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. I, I, I think. And for that, because of that, I always feel enthused in late nights and early mornings and working weekends. It just doesn't faze me because it almost when you find something that you're truly passionate about and you really, really love and want to move forward, it doesn't feel like work. And that's a really special place to be. For me, I would say I, I have, I have exactly the same passion for Ian, as Ian. So I, I, I love to be working within the plant-based space, and it is genuinely an honor and a privilege to be able to work on something that I really, really, really care about, but it still gets pretty difficult. So I'm quite focused on sticking to a priming routine that I run every single morning, which gets me psyched up, ready for the day, feeling fresh, feeling fit, feeling energized. And I, I really, really try to stick to that to make sure I've got what I need in order to be doing 12 hour days every single day and working on the weekend. So just making sure that I'm keeping fit, keeping my brain active, and making sure that I'm prioritizing the right things. So wh what kind of routine is that, if you don't mind me asking the extra question? What, what do you do? <laughs> sure. Um, so I'll uh, up at six, and I'll start with gymnastics, actually. So I'm, I'm currently undergoing a course of gymnastic strength training which you may have heard that was on uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast. I heard about that. Um, it's a guy called Christopher Sommer set it up. But so I'll be doing a stay at home gymnastics course for about 45 minutes to wake my body up. Shortly after that, I'll do some writing, just brain, brain vomiting on a page, you know, uh -huh. everything in my head, getting it out onto a piece of paper. But at some point during there, I'll set my priorities for the day. And then once I've woken my body up with the gymnastics, woken my brain up with the writing, I will go and meditate. And during that meditation moment, you have this really beautiful thing that happens, which is light bulbs appear. So all of the stuff that you've written down on the paper, maybe things you're thinking, problems you're trying to solve, they start to solve themselves in your subconscious brain the minute you shut yourself up and meditate. And I'll normally come out of a 10 or 20 minute meditation session with about eight points to add to my piece of paper, which are, ah, I've got a solution to this problem. This is what I need to do, etc. So that's the start to my day. And I, I'm kind of annoyed with myself if I don't manage to do that and then uh, make a big, lovely smoothie full of all the good stuff that we have to eat as plant-based dieticians or dieters. So, yeah. you know, making sure I get all my goodness in, in a smoothie in the morning. That's my priming routine. And if I've done all of that, I already feel like I've won the day. Awesome. I, I love that. I love that. So what's okay. yours? Um, I've been doing the, the same brain vomiting on a page as you for, yeah. for the last month, just trying Great. to figure yeah. out what, what works for me as 
and and what what, what doesn't yeah the, the brain the brain vomiting is really good because it essentially allows you to direct your day before anyone else has a go you know by the time you leave the flat or read your emails you've started to become reactive but if you're letting your brain decide where you go first of all it means you're leading yourself which is definitely the that's, way you want to that's i think the most important thing with any kind of morning routines is that you yourself set the course because the moment that you start reacting to what's in your inbox or what's happening on Facebook or or wherever, that yeah. that sets the course of your day and then you can spend the entire day just reacting to, to things that are not really moving you forward in at least not in a meaningful way. Absolutely. And you can imagine with us having our core base in Facebook, there's quite a lot of opportunity for distraction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it's it's a big hole, but it's it's also a hole full of opportunities. You you just that's need so to know true. how to navigate it. Yeah, totally. But okay, so now, what what would be the one advice you would give to yourselves, like before you started this, or to anyone who wants to build something similar? Um, uh, my wow. it, oh, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, I saved the tough ones for the end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What well, advice would, would we give? To, so, what advice would we give to ourselves at the beginning of this particular journey? Yep. And anyone wanting to start a plant-based business—that's what you're. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Yeah, that. that <laughs> is it. Just, just go ahead and get it done. Yeah, but but do it right and understand that. Let's just. I mean, I've got a good piece of advice if they wanted to build a tech business, which is, don't go and raise loads of money or assume that you need a developer before you can make the thing happen. Read a book like The Lean Startup um, or any of the other great books out there which are just telling you to just get it done. Find a way to get it done without any money. So just get it done, start moving, and once you're moving, you can find the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I second that wholeheartedly. I'd just say if you've got the idea, like if I was speaking to myself six months ago when we were like at three o'clock in the morning cooking some crazy food on the camera that we'd never done before i'd be whispering in my ear carry on it's going to be absolutely <laughs> great and yeah i would have been right the other piece of advice i would give if anybody is wanting to build something in this space is come talk to us so we can help right, we've got a massive platform here so we we already talked to loads of entrepreneurs and we're we're starting to think about how we can help them grow, you know, whether they're food entrepreneurs or tech entrepreneurs. So, um, so do it, get in touch with us, but also get in touch with other people in the community. This is a big old community where everybody wants to help each other yeah. and everyone sees the competition as animal products. So be out there, be talking to people, be building contacts and just start moving fast. Awesome. And speaking of that help and, and of building, what, what exactly is the future that you are helping build right now what's your vision of it we 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 would love the whole world to eat a plant-based diet that would be fantastic yeah. but being realists 99 would be great yeah i mean like uh half of me wants to say yeah we're just sort of we're trying to delay the inevitable with people like trump who's now in who's just going to really scupper things like take climate change progression back by about 20 years but the um, the other side of me is like, yeah, we're doing this for for to, to really make a, a, a big difference and hopefully like to change people's perception about plant-based diet and 
aid and massage the mass adoption of plant-based diets all across the world. I have a pretty clear vision for where this is all going, which is that we're seeing massive growth in, in vegan food. We're seeing it in the UK. If you look on Google Trends and look at people searching for the word vegan, you know, mm-hmm. you've, you've probably done this too. You see exponential growth at the moment. We're already seeing America, places like LA, New York, way ahead of us even. It's just becoming more and more mainstream. And whilst I don't think it's going to go to 100% or 99%, I do believe we're going to get to the place very soon where it's much, much more commonplace to follow a plant-based diet. It no longer has the stigma that it has in the UK. The V word is no longer feared. And more and more people understand that it's important to eat plant-based food. The politicians can't ignore the science for much longer. So I think we're going to see big, big improvements in the next few years. And it's exciting to be one of the many great people like yourself driving forward this movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I think we're right now we're so close to that tipping point where, as yes. you said, it, it loses the stigma, stigma and it just turns into something mainstream. Yeah. And then the growth, it's going to be, well, even more exponential than, than it is right now. Yeah, because it's a great thing that we're all doing. Like it's a gift in a way to the world not to be consuming resources in that way. It's a gift, whichever way you look at it. And it needs to be realized by everybody. But we're on that path. Cool. Okay, so now for the end, where where can people find out more about you and and get in touch, obviously, if they want to work with Bosch? Hit us up on Facebook. Really, really simple. We're just Facebook first. So we have a website. It's not our priority. Hit us up on Facebook. Drop us a message and we read them all. Respond to them. Yeah, definitely. So Facebook um, messages are the best way to, to get in touch. Facebook messages. We read every single one. We reply to most of them. Ooh. And we've had a load of great opportunities come to us through Facebook. So hit us up. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Ian and Henry, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. It's been really great talking to you. Yeah, it's been good talking to you too. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, that was a pleasure. Have an excellent evening. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. And that wraps up episode 15 of the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show with Ian Thiesby and Henry Firth from Bosch. If you haven't checked out their Facebook page yet, the links to everything that we discussed today are in the show notes, as always, on theplanbasedentrepreneur.com slash show slash episode 015. And if you're tuning into this episode a few months or weeks after it airs, I'm pretty sure they're going to be past a million likes. So this was really a great case study of how you build up your brand on Facebook and with zero advertising expenses as well, which makes it even more impressive. So if you like this, give it a share on Facebook, share it on Twitter. And if you have any comments or suggestions for the show, just reach out to me directly on jerry at theplantbasedentrepreneur.com. We'll be back again next week with another awesome guest. And until then, stay amazing and keep on building that plant-based future.